Welcome to the Guardians of Hope podcast, where we bring together parents, nonprofits, and legal experts dedicated to positively impacting children's lives. I'm Cynthia, your host. Before we begin, it's important to note this content should not be used as legal advice. The purpose of this podcast is to inform and unite, so please seek advice from your attorney or therapist to address your specific needs. The thoughts and opinions of my guests are not necessarily my own. This is a platform for sharing. And speaking of sharing, I'd like to welcome my guest, Amy Colton, family law mediator and certified divorce financial analyst. Amy works with couples going through divorce to negotiate the division of assets, child considerations, and financial guidance. Hi, Amy. Thank you so much for joining the podcast. Well, thank you so much for having me, Cynthia. Really glad to be here. Of course. So we all know the stats on divorce. Half of all marriages fail, or even more than half, I think. When I was growing up, parents stayed together for the sake of the kids. But now couples are more empowered and inclined to split. But how do they split amicably for the sake of their children? Let's talk about this. So my first question for you, Amy, is how can couples split amicably? Why don't you tell us about your work? Okay, so that's the cornerstone of what I do. I I actually think that most people, when they think divorce, they think I have to hire a lawyer. And they, pro- they do have to hire a lawyer. The question is, at what point? And generally, if they start with lawyers, they're starting from a much more less amicable place because now you've relegated your discussions to the two lawyers and there's four people having a conversation, the two lawyers and the, the two parties that are in, in discussion with each other, but they're no longer talking to each other. They're talking only to their lawyers. So when a lawyer is hard, hired, they represent one party and they try to get what the one party wants which isn't always realistic because the way that I look at divorce is about negotiation. It's about finding a win-win solution. And that's really what I try to do in my practice uh, at Divorce Made Simple is come up with a win-win solution that works for everybody as opposed to one person getting what they want and the other person not getting what they want. That's a zero sum. So I like to do as much work before the attorneys are hired and what the plan looks like and see if we can't get to agreement. And that's where using mediation comes into play because we have a conversation about what's in the best interests of the children. Thanks, Amy. And, you know, that leads to my next question. What are the emotional and legal and financial aspects of divorce and how can couples navigate through them? So, you know, that I tell people all the time when I look at divorce, I you have to look at all three pillars. You have to look at the emotional because it's a very, very emotional time um, in everybody's life. And you got to look at the legal aspects because that, you know, the divorce decree is a legal document. If you go to court, that's legal. So and then there's the financial and the financial actually gets a lot of times gets thrown by the wayside, but it, what a few people fight about, generally people fight about the money. Sometimes they fight about the kids too, 
but it's generally about the money. So the way I look at it is, hey, you need, when you're going through this time, you need emotional support, whether you get it from a group of friends or a social network or you hire a professional, but you do need emotional support. You do need legal support, which is why you hire an attorney. And the legal part of it is child support, spousal support, custody. Those are the legal things that come up during divorce. But but then there's also the financial and tax part of it, which could be the marital home. Do we stay in it? Who stays in it? Can they afford a mortgage? Or do we sell it? All those decisions. That's usually a very big financial decision because usually the marital home is the biggest asset that most couples have. But we also have to look at the other assets, how, do, how are they divided? Is there debt? How do we divide debt? It, what's the budget look like? Because I need to know if you're going to be able to survive after divorce. On, because before it was two people contributing. Now it's just one. And then investment selection. How are you going to manage your investments if there's investments involved? That all has to be taken into consideration on the financial and tax side. Um, and the other thing that I always ask my clients is, who's going to take the child tax credits? Because sometimes it doesn't make sense for both parties to take it. Sometimes it does. I mean, if you make over a certain amount of money, you, that you don't you don't get to take the child child tax credit. Um, if there's two kids, maybe one takes each kid, or they might say, um, I'm going to take the tax credit on even years and my spouse can take the tax credit on odd years. But the point is, all these things have to be discussed when you're negotiating how your, how, how your new life's going to look. That is a really good insight there. So let's talk about kids. What have been some of the best outcomes when there are kids involved? What are some, and also what are some things to avoid so parents can always keep their children's best interests at heart? Well, first of all, <laughs> I have, I'm very fortunate because most people that I have worked with, and I've been doing this for about seven years, most of the time they're in agreement about one thing and one thing only. They want to do what's best for the kids. But they fight about other stuff like money or they might fight about where somebody's going to live. And um, But generally speaking, they want to do what's good for the kids. But the thing that, that I think really needs to be discussed is what does that parenting plan look like? what, how much time each child's going to spend with each of the parents, who's the custodial parent, and how that plays out. When the kids are younger, it's really important to stick to the schedule, at least in the beginning. Stick to the schedule because consistency and no surprises is probably best for everybody. When they're older, it's a little different because, you know, usually when they're older, say they're 15, maybe even 13, they can probably make their own decisions as to which parent they want to be, be with. But generally speaking, if there's younger kids, it's 
good to put together a plan and stick to the plan. I think that consistency will help people get through this difficult time, which is different. You know, your life is different after divorce. And so the more the more planning you do around it and and the less deviating from the plan, I think is in everybody's best interest. The other thing that has to be decided is I think it's really good practice not to say anything negative about your your spouse in front of the kids. I think that's just a really good plan of attack because like I say, it's an emotional for all parties involved. And the more that you can do to keep it smooth, I think is in everybody's best interest. Um, If you're planning to move, if that's part of the long-term plan, that needs to be discussed at this juncture when you're going through the negotiations because a lot of times geographic restrictions will be put in the divorce decree. So you need to know, you need, it's best to discuss it up front rather than spring it on somebody. All good things to keep in mind. Now, you know, you work with a lot of couples. What, you know, if mediation doesn't work, what's next? (laughs) Well, unfortunately, if mediation doesn't work, court's next. And nobody wants to go to court. It's expensive. It's time consuming. And you're letting a judge determine the fate of your life. So nobody wants to do that. So that it's, it's really in your best interest to get through mediation and, and make a, an effort to come to an agreement during those times. I just want to make a clarification because even though I'm a family law mediator, I don't really like the style of mediation that goes on in most places. And I tend to do mediation a little differently. And most of the time, the couple will be in separate rooms during mediation and the mediator will go back and forth between the two parties trying to get them to come to an agreement. And some will take four hours, some will take eight hours, and some will take however long it takes, but they do it in a day. And because divorce is such an emotional time, I really like to do it in two hour increments because when you're discussing things, generally one party hits a nerve and it's hard to continue when you're highly emotional. So by limiting it into multiple sessions of one and a half to two hours each, it allows the parties to think about things, to get questions asked in the interim, to kind of cool off, and and then they come back to the table to, to continue the negotiation, usually a week or two weeks later, depending on everybody's schedule. Got it, Amy. So one more question for you. How long does mediation typically take? Well, again, it really depends on the individual's some i've i the ones that i have participated in now i the the ones i participated in i participated in more as a financial advisor but then the ones that i personally conduct cuz the ones i personally conduct are not binding but the ones where you do go into mediation it depends on how long you think you need 
So some parties will sign up for four hours. Four hours is usually the shortest amount of time. Some mediators will do eight hours. And some mediators, like I say, will do, hey, I, if we're if we're moving forward, we're going to go and, and I don't care how long it takes. So they'll go to midnight, one o'clock in the morning, whatever it takes to get to agreement. Wow. Any final thoughts, Amy? No. The only thing that I really like to stress is that before hiring attorneys, it's really, really good to come up with a divorce financial plan. It will save you a lot of time. It will save you a lot of money. And like I said at the very beginning, it's a way more amicable way to approach divorce. So rather than hiring attorneys off the bat, I've worked with couples where we've negotiated everything and then I just turn it over to the attorney with all the information to write up the divorce decree. But that's the, the most expeditious way to do it because typically if you hire an attorney, it's a 12 to 18 month process. And in my experience working the way I work with clients, it's a three to six month process. So it saves you a lot of time. It's also a way more cost-effective way to do it because you are having conversations with the two parties. I'm facilitating the conversations between the husband and the wife, which is why we get it done quicker. But it also is a way more cost-efficient way to do it. And the, and the reason it's so much car, more cost-efficient is you're not paying an attorney hourly for every time you have a conversation. So you're able to come up with a plan to then take to your attorney to finalize things. And I, I got into this about seven years ago, and the reason I got into it was because there was a family law attorney in town who didn't want to do divorce anymore. She didn't want to do divorce because it was too stressful. So she would started sending her clients to me and she would say, hey, if you can work things out with Amy, then you can come back to me and I'll file the paperwork. I'll write the divorce decree. And when I started doing that, I started seeing what a great model this was because it saved time, it saved money, and it was a way more amicable approach to both parties hiring an attorney, and now the attorneys are trying to get 100% for each party, which isn't realistic. So anyways, that is um, how I got into it. And over the years, I've perfected that process of using, combining the financial and tax skills that I have with a, with a family law certification for the, you know, the, the being a family law mediator. Excellent. Well, you're definitely saving a lot of time and headache, stress, and money. So, Amy, thank you so much for sharing your insights with us and, you know, just joining me on the podcast today. 